Hello, everyone. It's time for Vanish Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Costanas. This is episode 235, season 10. Today's date is July 11th, 2023, and welcome to the show. I'm back. So I do have a podcast episode on this Tuesday. I managed to get it in. <laughs> on today's program, I'm going to talk about my memories of beer can collections from the 1970s uh this uh was suggested by somebody someone sent me an email and told me why don't you talk about this and i said okay um i'm sure it's still still some people are still doing this but there was a big craze back then in in those days um when i was a kid also i will talk about uh sportscaster bruce roberts worked at WBBM TV Channel 2 in Chicago. I'll talk about his biography and my memories of watching him. But right now, the program will go into a commercial break. And this program is brought to you by Charlie Perfume from Revlon. <laughs> and here's a commercial from, 19, from the 1970s. And it has that catchy tune that a lot of people remembered and still do. <laughs> And so do I. <laughs> so sit back and relax, and I'll be right back with the show. Thank you, everyone. There's a fragment that's here today, and they call it Charlie. A different fragment that thinks your way, yeah, they call it Charlie. Kind of young, kind of now, Charlie. Kind of free, kind of wild, Charlie. Kind of fragment that's gonna stay, and it's Charlie by Revlon, a most original fragrance. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for Charlie Perfume from Revlon uh, with that catchy tune. You know, there's a fragrance that's here today. They call it Charlie. <laughs> I saw this on WGN Morning News the other day and Robin Baumgarten singing and dancing. It's hilarious. Oh, why not? I throw, why don't I throw in the commercial? <laughs> in honor of her <laughs> and uh so um let me give you a little history of this uh charlie was in uh was invented by charles Revson, and he was a businessman and uh he founded revlon 
that's where they got the name. I never knew this. I did not know this. <laughs> no, and uh, so that was released in 1973, and I'm. Everyone remembers the commercials, and the, the most famous commercial of, of all was uh, with uh, model Shelley Hack. Remember her? And uh, the, the man that's singing is Bobby Short. He's playing the piano. Uh, we all remember Shelley Hack later on. She became uh, Tiffany Wells on the TV series Charlie's Angels. She replaced Kate Jackson for one year. You know, I thought she was fine, but a lot of people are fickle, and and the ratings didn't go well. So she was replaced by Tanya Roberts at the last season. Uh, so yeah, Shelley Heck was in the fourth season. So unfortunately, Tanya Roberts passed away a few years ago. Uh, Shelley's still with us. Uh, I haven't seen her lately. Uh, I presume she's still acting. You know, she was in another TV show uh, in the 80s called Jack and Mike. It was like a yuppie show. I remember that. As for Charlie, uh, the, fra uh, the fragrance, uh, it's still around. It's been changed um, uh, over the years, and uh, it's still available. You could buy it at uh, department stores, uh, drug stores, Amazon. Target, Walmart, you you'll find it, and uh, so it's a. Uh, and they were like, um, for example, uh, spinoff fragrances with different colors, like that blue, red, white, uh, white musk, like that, and uh, and uh, that was later on. So, but you know, a lot of people still remember the original Charlie perfume. I remember that. And the commercial. Great uh, great product from the 70s. Great jingle from that era, too. Okay. All right. At the beginning of the program, I talked about, I'm gonna, I mentioned, excuse me, I mentioned I'm going to talk about my memories of beer can collections in the 1970s. And I will talk, also talk about uh, Bruce Roberts. That's a sportscaster from WBBM TV Channel 2 in Chicago. Uh, before I get started, I'll mention one thing. Um, this month's going to be busy for me going to the doctor's. Like that. Uh, this Friday, I'll probably go for my blood work and get ready to go to my urologist. I think I'm going Wednesday, next Wednesday. Then I'm going to my regular doctor on the 25th. And then on the end of the month, I'm going to my endocrinologist for the first time. Oh, scary. I hope everything's fine. And uh, I did attend the St. Spiridon uh, Greek Orthodox uh, Church Greek Festival. This past weekend, I went Saturday and Sunday. Saturday was quiet. Uh, didn't eat anything. I got lukumadas, so I posted that on social media. And But I did my walking. I did exercise, so that's good. As for Sunday, oh, no, 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 no. That's a different story. It was packed. Long line to the food. I have never seen anything like that in my life. I have been going to this place for years, ever since I was a kid. This is the first time. I, uh, I have a theory why it was like that. I guess it was word of mouth, but uh, I bought some souvlaki, you know, shish kebab. I met up with an old friend of mine from school. And we ate, you know, we ate together. And then we walked around, met some people. 
it was wonderful. And the weather's gorgeous. It really was. It was nice. Uh, I had a good time. It, I, I'm, I'm glad it became, I'm certain it became very successful. As for other uh, Greek festivals that I will attend, uh, we'll see. Maybe one in the end, end of the month. But I know I'll go to my own church, St. Constantine and Helen, in August. And that's a big, that's a biggie. So I know because I went to I went to school there. I attend I attend church there. I know a lot of people there, and uh, the food is excellent, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. But it's a month away. <laughs> okay, so here we go. As for my memories of beer can collections of the 1970s. Uh, I mentioned this in the beginning of the program. Somebody emailed me and says, why don't you talk about something like this? Uh, it's not just Chicago. It's like everywhere. But this is a, this is a Chicago memory for me because when I was growing up in the Ashburn neighborhood in 1970s, I moved there in 1974, uh, I visited my my neighbor's houses, you know, kid, you know the, the kids around the neighborhood. And I would go down to the basement and... Uh, I would see on display empty beer cans, all kinds of, and I go, what is this? I've never seen this before. I don't know how this got started. I have no clue. Um, I guess uh, by word of mouth or uh, something. Maybe they mentioned this on television or anything like that, or they went to a bar and they they, uh, started collecting beer cans. And then the kids... Kids, us kids, and back then uh, did that. We, we would find empty beer cans I mean, in the garbage, or we were outside. We would. I don't know if I did. I never did this, but you know they were uh, rough. Uh, rough uh, they would just go through the dumpsters and or something like that, or trash cans, and then they bring them home. And, you know, clean them and all that. But it's the different kinds of beers, the brands, the colors. It's so pretty, and um, I'll give you a few examples of uh, what kind of uh, beer cans they collected. Uh, and uh, I posted a photo yesterday. People are still talking about it. And uh, like, for example, they would talk about Schlitz. They would talk about Old, Old Milwaukee, Ham's Beer, Black Label, um, also Schlitz Light, Meisterbrow, Old Style. A lot of people were complaining, saying, where is old style? Where is it? <laughs> well, you know, if you want to find pictures of that, uh, go on the Internet. You'll, you'll find them. Uh, like, uh, what else? Lowenbrow, Olympia Beer, Special Export, uh, the first cans of Light Beer, Schaefer, Falstaff. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And uh, there was red, white, and blue beer. Uh, I can go on. Uh, there was champagne. <laughs> I remember that. I never heard of it. No. Colt 45. Uh, they had that. Uh, Schmidt Small Liquor Beer. Uh, Coors Beer. Bush Beer. Um, let's see. What else? Uh forgetting about it one old old chicago remember that that one and uh there was one a couple of people mentioned called old frothing sloshed which i never heard of 
Yeah, you know, uh, I never saw it in Chicago. Didn't pay attention. Some people mentioned that for some reason. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, there was weird. Here's a weird one called Bean and Bacon Days beer. That's what but they made that in Wisconsin. You know, like that. Also, there were well-known beers that we ha- still have today, like Miller Beer, Miller Light, uh, you know, Miller Draft. It is. Um, oh, there was also Stroh's. There was also Michelob, um, Rolling Rock, Coors. I think I mentioned that. Um, oh, <coughs> excuse me. So you have the light beers and the regular beers. <coughs> excuse me. I'm talking too much. I can go on and on. They also collected uh, not just domestic beers, also imported beers. There, uh, there was uh, Schlitz Tall Boys, you know, the Tall Boy ones and all that. And uh, it's amazing like that. I didn't see any Greek beers. Not from Greece, you know, like Fix. Uh, that was the only one that I still drink this. Uh, I drank this on Saturday night at the picnic. I ordered that. It's still good. That's the only beer I drink. I seldom drink at all. Uh, but they have new ones, the Alpha and uh, I think uh, Mythos. I think that's the other one. I'll try those. But uh, the list goes on and on and on, you know, and... Um, uh, that was a big craze back then, uh, but you know, I after that when I grew up and went to college and all that, I didn't see much. Oh, there was also natural light. You remember that natural light beer and Drury's. Remember that? Yeah, someone asked me where is Drury's? Where is that beer? <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I can't find a photo with all of them. That's not. That's a big uh, task for me <laughs> to do that. So I did the best I could. Also, oh, someone mentioned Heritage House from Dominic's. <laughs> Even 7-Eleven had their own beer. Isn't that something? Or uh, A&P had their own beer. They did. I forgot the name of it. So um, also Near Beer. Remember that? Yeah, those. So it was uh, amazing. Also, oh, and of course, the most famous one of all was Billy Beer. It was made by... President Jimmy Carter's brother. And that was uh, a very unusual product, you know, but uh, I never had it. But uh, I haven't heard from people who had tasted it. But this was like, uh, what, 45 years ago, you know, when he when Jimmy Carter was president back then. So uh, I think they're collector items. They really are. And if they're good condition... You know, but I used to see these uh, beer can collect collections in other people's houses, and uh, I think I saw one. This was a friend of my brother's. He lived in Burbank, Illinois. He had about maybe a hundred stacked up in a shelf, and, uh, I, and it was the pretty colors and the brands. And sometimes I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I really couldn't, you know, and. Uh, it was great. Uh, you know, the first time I had beer uh, was in Greece. Uh, we went in 1979, uh, around this time. Uh, uh, we were staying at my uncle's house, and uh, he, we went out to dinner. We had shish kebab, you know, sublaki. And uh, 
back then the, it wasn't like today, you know, because, well, I was, so I tried the beer and it was called Henninger. I think it was from Germany. And, uh, oh, also Heineken. I just thought of that one too. Uh, and I tried that beer. It was okay, you know, but, uh, but I was with my, I was with my uncle. So it was okay. My mom was a little worried, but that's okay. I, I didn't get drunk or anything. I just had like uh, a little bit like that. It was fine, you know, but I was about 15 years old. I did sneak off when I was in Bogan high school. I did sneak off to have a couple, you know, like that. It was fine, but I didn't, I didn't drink much. Not really. You know, and as time went on, maybe I have one for dinner or meet up with friends. I'm not crazy about it. You know, I'll have once in a while, you know, but I don't know. I, the, 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 the only beer I drink is like from Greece, you know, the fixed beer. I like that a lot. I really do. I don't know. I don't care for Budweiser or Miller, you know, Miller Lite. I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so that's it for the memories of uh, beer can collections in the 1970s. Right now, I'm going to talk about uh, sportscaster Bruce Roberts. And uh, I totally forgot about him, you know, because he did the sports uh, for a long, long time, uh, way back, almost when the, the TV station was founded. Um, but it wasn't called WBBM. It was called WBKB channel four. And it wasn't on channel two. It was on channel. Yeah, it was on channel four. Now on channel two. I explained that uh, many times about that. And, uh, there was something I never knew about him. He used to host a kitty show. Yeah. He was a host of a kitty show. And, uh, let's see. It was, uh, he, it was called Texas Bruce Roberts. <laughs> and he played a cowboy, you know. So uh, how did I know? Uh, you know, who knew? You know, like that. So I wish I'd seen a clip of that. It would be interesting. But uh, he was involved with the sports. Uh, he's uh, He was born in Chicago. He went to South Shore High School on the, on the south side, you know, at uh, 76th Street and Constance Avenue. You know, right near where my mom stayed when she came to America, she stayed with my dad's aunt. She lived uh, right there, right about a block away. And uh, and uh, he worked uh, first. He worked in Buffalo, New York, and then he came back and uh, uh, he 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 enrolled in the University of Michigan. His real name was um, Bruce Rogetz. That was his real name, like that. And uh, let's see. Let's see what else. Uh, yeah, so he was he did the sports. Uh, he was also a sports director for that. And uh, he, he, first he worked in Michigan. He worked in Ann Arbor. He was a sports director and all that. And he hosted the uh, CBS Pro Football Report. And did network uh, coverage of tennis and golf. Yeah, I remember that. I really do remember that. So he was, uh, whenever you turn on Channel 2 and you want to watch the sports, there he was, you know. And sometimes he was with Johnny Morris. Remember him? <laughs> Thank God he's still alive. Like that. 
So, um, so right now I'm going to play a a segment of him doing the sports, and this is from 1974. So we, so this is courtesy of uh, the Museum of Classic Chicago Television, uh, FuzzyMemories.tv by Rick Klein. There's a clip of him, and in the in the beginning of the clip, it's uh, a news anchor Bob Wallace, if you remember him. And uh, so this clip is about five minutes long. So if you want to skip it, you know, be, that's up to you. If you want to listen to him, that's fine. Because it's nice to go back and listen to uh, Bruce Hopper speak. Okay. So here is a, here's a clip from 1974 from WBM TV Channel 2 in Chicago with Bruce Roberts doing the sports uh, report. Okay. So sit back and relax, everyone. Thank you. In sports tonight, there is probably really only one story that's on the minds of all sports fans, and that is the Super Bowl. Bruce Roberts, who do you like tomorrow? I don't like the Jets. Who you like? <laughs> I stick to my guns. I think the Vikings will win it by seven. Incidentally, on the subject of pro football, O.J. signed a new contract with Buffalo today. The new pact, five years, calls for a cool one million. In college bowl action, the North rallied to win the Senior Bowl, and through the courtesy of NBC Sports, let's look at some of the action, shall we? Early in the first quarter, Souths ball at their own 31. Danny White had his pass tipped. It was intercepted by Matt Blair at the 42, and the North took over at the South 30. They couldn't move it much further, so Rich Sanger proceeded to kick this 30-yard field goal to make it North 3, South nothing. That was the score late in the first quarter. Souths ball at their own 45. Wilbur Jackson's fumble was recovered by the North at the 46. On the first play, after the recovery, Mike Barilla threw one complete to Heisman Trophy winner John Capaletti, who went out at the 28. Then Capaletti on a little solo job. The sweep right, number 22, got 12 more to the south 16-yard line. From there, Barilla to Capaletti for 15, and the south had moved to the north one-yard line. Where was Bo Mathers, who took it in? The extra point was blocked. It was 9-0 north. The south took the ensuing kickoff, and drove to the North 34, where White pitched one to Woody Green, who took it down to the 16. The North held, so Greg Gant kicked his 27-yarder. It was 9-3 North at halftime. Early in the third quarter, the South in punt formation at the North 36. A little fake here. The short man Jackson ended up with it. He also got a first down at the North 30. But Ralph Brock quickly went to the pass. Fine catch by Harvey McGee to the North 8. But all that resulted in was this 35-yard field goal by Gant. It was North 9, South 6. A bit later in the fourth quarter, the South driving again. Wilbur Jackson provided all the heroics. This, a 53-yard ramble. The South had a golden opportunity at the North 2. Then they took the lead on this option pitch to Woody Green. It was 13-9. With a little over a minute left in the game, the North started the drive that won it. David Jane, Kansas, the quarterback from the South 46, he threw to Gary Heyman out at the 33. Then it was the toss to Capaletti, who finally uh, went down to the south 18-yard line, followed by the winning touchdown. Jane spotted Lynn Swan, and the North had pulled it out of the fire. The final North 16, the South 13. A big uh, NHL contest this afternoon. First place Boston lost to second place Montreal. And again, we thank NBC Sports for the following highlights. 
From the faceoff at 5.35 of the first period, Yvonne Lambert was there to rebound the point slapper. Canadians led 1-0. It became 2-0 Montreal when Cornwallier from back of the net centered to Jacques Lemaire. Watch number 27, Frank Mahovlich. At 13.04 of the period, Frank made it Montreal 3, Boston zip. But the Bruins came right back to score their first goal. Number 10, the left of your screen, Carol Vadney slap shot off the power play, ended the first period, the Canadiens 3 and Boston 1. The Bruins narrowed it early in the second period, Ken Hodge tipping in this Phil Esposito shot, 3-2. But the Canadiens retaliated on a power play slap shot by Lemaire, number 25, his second goal of the game. And the second period ended, the Montreal Canadiens 4, over the shoulder, the Boston Bruins 2. Frank Mahovlich got his second goal early in the third period. Look at the wide open net. It was 5-2, Canadiens. It became 6-2 on a typical bit of Montreal sharp passing. Chuck Lefley ended up scoring the goal. Just beautiful. At 12.44 of the third period, Peter Mahovlich rebounded his brother's shot. The score mounted to 7-2. And the final goal of the game, Wayne Cashman scoring for the losers, but it wasn't enough as Boston drops its first at home in 22 games. Montreal 7, the Bruins 3. Turning to college basketball, fourth-ranked North Carolina State, easy over Clemson in Big Ten play, Purdue big over Illinois. The Spartans beat Ohio State. Michigan just got by Minnesota. Second-ranked Notre Dame had no problem, and fifth-ranked North Carolina had enough to get by Virginia. We have a couple of late finals, the big one. Indiana edged Wisconsin, 52-51, Northwestern 87, Iowa 67. In high school basketball, the Illinois High School Association suspension of Rock Island High School was rescinded at its place, an additional one year's probation. In tennis, the U.S. won today's doubles match with Columbia. They still trail in their Davis Cup competition 2-1. And in golf, Johnny Miller and Miller Barber tied for the late third round lead in the Phoenix Open. Have more to say on that Super Bowl tonight, Robert. I kind of like the Dolphins. Maybe we'll get a little side bet going here. You got it. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the uh, sports report from Bruce Roberts, who worked at WBM, BBM TV Channel 2 in Chicago. Uh, he worked uh, all the way up to the end. And unfortunately, he suffered a heart attack at... Uh, at the station and they tried to revive him and they took him to the hospital, but he died uh, later on. He, he passed away on September 27, 1981. So, um, you know, so he had a wife and uh, uh, four, ch four children, two daughters and two sons. So that's a, that's a shame, you know, cause I liked him. I really did. He was, uh, he, he was 54 at a time. He was young. Very young, but he seems so uh, healthy. <laughs> you know, well, you never know. And uh, so, anyway, so he, he uh, so that's a shame, you know. But, you know, I don't know if it, a lot of people remember them. You know, I, I'm talking about today. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I did. I remembered them very well. You know, because uh, back then on Channel 2 in the 70s, you had the classic duo Bill Curtis and Walter Jacobson. Also, uh, who did the weather was John Coughlin. And uh, I think Harry Volkman was there around that time. I could be wrong. 
I'm not sure, but um, someone asked me, can you do a podcast episode about that? Because they, they, um, Bill Curtis and Walter Jacobson started around this year, about 50 years ago. And I said, yeah, someday I will. I'll talk about that. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting topic. Uh, fortunately, those guys are still alive, so that that's good. You know, and they seem very friendly, you know, <laughs> like that. So, yeah. Uh, as for the family of Bruce Roberts, I uh, hope they're still around. Uh, I'm sure they are. So uh, this is a podcast uh, tribute episode to him. Uh, if they're listening or they know about it. Uh, I hope they're happy about this. Okay. So that's it for this show. Um, I'll do a recap of what I said. I talk about beer can collecting in the 1970s. And also uh, sportscaster Bruce Roberts from WBBM-TV Channel 2 in Chicago. Uh, this pro- uh, I will do another podcast episode probably this weekend, probably Saturday or Sunday. And uh, this podcast episode will be published uh, later on today, uh, wherever podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Amazon Music, uh, you can also uh, sub- yeah, please subscribe if you t- tap on those uh, apps. You know, you get the latest episode. Also, it's on my YouTube channel, Van Chicago and Stories, the, uh, the podcast. Please subscribe there and, and you'll get a notification where the, the new episode is ready to listen. Also, it will be posted on my social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, and of course, the new uh, threads. Uh, yeah, the new um, social media threads. <laughs> I heard it's still growing. It's still growing. Oh my God. You know, like that. It's uh, Facebook's version of Twitter, not or Instagram, whatever it is. Okay. So uh, it should be ready this afternoon. All right. So uh, this is Pete Costanz, your host for Van Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I had a wonderful time talking to you. So uh, here's bye-bye for me, and here's Ray Rayner with a little traveling music saying bye-bye-bye. Take care, everyone. So long. We have to go. Bye-bye-bye.